welcome to the Unteachables podcast. I'm your host, Claire, and I am absolutely no stranger to the challenges and let's face it, sometimes carnage of being a teacher. And if you found yourself here listening with me, I'd say that you might know a bit about that as well, because being a teacher is friggin' hard. And this podcast is dedicated to making you feel a hell of a lot less alone whilst giving you the knowledge, support and strategies that you need to not just survive the chaos of being a teacher, but truly thrive. Think about it as getting a weekly dose of relatable, actionable, and most importantly, enjoyable professional learning straight into your ears. So hit the subscribe button, download me for your commute, and let's get into it. Hello, welcome to another week of the Unteachables podcast, everyone. I have a bit of a different kind of episode for you today because I recently did a post on Instagram, right? And the response for this was so huge. I just felt like I really needed to sit down and talk through it. I felt like I needed to morph it into the podcasting world. I always feel like this space on the podcast is a more supportive space and a little bit more personal than just putting a post out there. I'm actually able to talk to you, even though you means whoever's listening and that could be anybody. Um, But I felt like I needed to morph this into the podcasting world. It was five mantras to help you protect your peace this school year. Now, these aren't just random things. I threw together. These are things that I use in my everyday practice for myself and for my staff, for teachers that I'm talking through to through whatever platform I'm teaching or talking to them through, um, whether I'm writing things down for them, I'm popping it in an email when appropriate, I'm using it in conversation because these are things that are really important for us to remember. And it's very easy to forget these things. And when we forget these things, it can have a massive knock-on effect for our mental health, our level of burnout and all the rest of it. So I really wanted to bring this to the podcast and talk through each of them individually. Feel free to, I'm going to try to make this as quick as possible because I want this to, to be an episode that if you needed to listen to it on a Sunday evening, or you wanted to listen to it on a Monday morning on the way to work, you could do that really, really easily just to remind yourself and just to um, give yourself a little bit of a pick me up. Okay, let's crack into it. The first one is every day I do the absolute best I can for my students with the knowledge and the skills that I currently have. And that is enough. You are where you are right now. I have lots of discussions with teachers after they have finished working with me and they express immense guilt for the practice that they have and what they've been doing with their students, whether it's the um, the way they've been talking to them, the follow-up for behaviour, they express this immense guilt. But no, like when we know better, we do better is my favourite quote by Maya Angela, and I'm pretty sure that this is a quote I use in the introduction of one of my masterclasses because it's so important that you remember that you deserve grace and understanding and we don't know what we don't know. I always talk about where I came from as a beginning teacher and, you know, not having the skills that I, that I have now. So of course I did things that I wouldn't do now and things that probably would have been harming the relationship with my students or making them feel crap about themselves. I would have been doing things that weren't best practice because that was the knowledge and skills I had at the time. And that is okay. As long as we're seeking more information and we're doing better when we know better. So every day I do the absolute best I can for my students with the knowledge and skills I currently have. And that is enough. The next one is done is better than perfect. Not everything needs to be the highest of quality. And I trust myself to decide what is important. I always ask myself before I do 
do something that is kind of like on my mind and like really just something that's pressure down on me. I always ask myself, how is this serving the children or how is this piece of work right here, right now, improving the experience for them, making my life easier as a teacher or anything like that. I talk in one episode at length about the analogy of dropping the balls, some being plastic and some being glass. Um, I can't remember what episode it was, but it's a really good analogy for us thinking and remembering that not everything is friggin' important. And if we don't spend that extra two hours polishing things up and making it perfect, the world's not going to fall apart. What we need to put our energy in and what we need to put the work into are the things that actually are going to move the needle for our students and for us. And that doesn't look like spending an extra hour on, I don't know, that graph, that analysis that your principal wanted you to do. You don't have the time to do absolutely everything in the way that you probably would want to. So I always try to maintain my integrity and do the highest quality of work where it matters, when it matters. And then everything else, I do what I can because we're not superhuman. We are just getting through what we can get through as a teacher and we don't have the time to do everything. The next thing, it is not my job to control behavior. No human being can control another human being. And being a teacher does not change this. This is a huge one. This is one that I still use every single lesson. And traditional behavior management systems are built on the toxic narrative that we need to be the one in control of the class. We need to control them. We need to be the one that, you know, has every single student sitting there and listening to what we're saying and, you know, doing the work and all the rest of it. And I remember when I was first a teacher, this intense feeling of dread. I had students, like I wish that I could take a snapshot of what my class was like when I was first a teacher. I had students that were standing on desks, running and jumping from desk to desk when students were sitting there trying to do their work. It was absolute freaking chaos. And there was this feeling of dread that I had that the principal would come around and look in and see me, the world's worst teacher in the world, you know, ever um, not being able to control my class. And I am only one person and there's 30 kids in this, in this lesson. And I didn't have the skills and the knowledge at the time to be able to manage that and influence those students in a way that was going to be able to shift their behavior. I couldn't control those students. And of course, no one can control students. We can't control anybody. So it's really important to remember that it's not your job to control behavior. Human beings, we can't control another human being that has to happen intrinsically. All we can do is influence. All we can do is the pedagogy that we can use to be able to develop an environment that fosters that sense of calm. The last one is I am human too. Actually, second last one, I am human too. I deserve the same kindness and compassion that I give to my students when they're having a bad day. We have the same stress response as our students. Last episode I did on connection or protection mode, Robin Goebel, did an incredible job of explaining this. We need to be in connection mode and the classroom is rife with situations where we're thrust into protection mode. So if you haven't listened to that episode, please go and listen to it. It's really, really crucial information, not just as teachers, but as parents and as partners and as human beings in general, every single one of us has two modes that we can be in either a connection mode or protection mode. When we are feeling safe, we are in um, connection mode. We're able to connect with others, to connect with the self, connect with our learning and all the rest of it. When we're in protection mode, 
those things are shut off. The nervous system is saying, I am not safe right now and I cannot connect with anything around me right now in the same way. So um, instead of connecting, we will act out in the behaviors that we see that are fight, flight or freeze. We might be disengaging. We might be, you know, more provocative to our teacher or to others. So it's really important to remember that we have those same responses as our students. And because of that, we deserve the same kindness and compassion that we give to them around it. Of course, we're the adult in the room and we need to manage ourselves in a different way that our students are able to manage themselves because their brains are still developing and all the rest of it. However, it doesn't change the fact that we do deserve that same kindness and compassion. So give yourself that Again, I have teachers coming to me and and especially through my course that'll teach them because I do a lot of work on co-regulation and self-regulation in the first module um, to kind of like as act as a foundation to every other strategy that's built upon that because a calm teacher is a teacher that's able to classroom manage. And I speak to teachers about this and the response I get is I don't feel like I can do this. I feel like it's so hard. The barrier is so great for me being able to stay calm and regulated in a classroom. And that's okay. I found it immensely difficult when I started teaching as well. And I think we come with our own context and we come with our own baggage and our own trauma and our own experiences. And some people will find it harder to, just as some students find it harder, some teachers will find it harder as well to remain in that connection mode rather than protection mode when they've got a whole host of behaviors going on around them that make them feel unsafe, whether it's psychologically or physically unsafe. So it's important to remember that. The next uh, and the last, now finally the last uh, mantra is every lesson is an opportunity for a fresh start and I'm not going to get hung up on the ones that didn't go to plan. We all have crap lessons, full stop, and it's so easy to walk away and think that reflects on you as a teacher, but there are so many factors involved the moon, the weather, what's going on in the school. Um, You know, if you've got holidays coming up, if holidays have just been, there are so many things that impact what's going on in your classroom. You're in context at the time, as we just spoke about, maybe you're in more protection mode that day because you had a fight with your partner or had an accident on the way to work, whatever it is. I have honestly had the most horrific lessons with a class behaviorally. And then the next lesson, oh, I walked out going like, that's it. Like, I can't do this anymore. The next lesson going into that same class and going, whoa, that lit me up. That was the most incredible lesson. I had the best time. I love this class because it's just different day to day. Like, you just don't know how it's going to be. Um, And it's really important that we hold space for that. We're not always going to have the best lessons and We can plan and plan and plan and plan, but on the day it's always going to be different because we're dealing with human beings and not robots and they're not just sitting there ready with their their skulls open, ready to get all of the knowledge from you. So here's a recap on your five mantras. The first one, every day I do the best I can for my students with the knowledge and skills that I currently have and that is always enough. The second, done is better than perfect. Not everything needs to be the highest of quality. You can trust yourself to decide what is most important. What are the plastic balls? What are the glass balls? You decide that. The third one is not my job to control behavior. No human being can control another human being's behavior, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a partner, whatever. You cannot control anybody's behavior. This is one that I use every day, almost every lesson to be able to help me to regulate and to stay calm. 
The next one, I'm human too. I deserve the same kindness and compassion that I give to my students when they're having a bad day. And the last one, every lesson is an opportunity for a fresh start. I'm not going to get hung up on the ones that didn't go to plan. And that's it. That's the five reminders that I want you to take into the year ahead or the week ahead, depending on where you are in the world. If you enjoyed this episode, if you found use in it and and it was beneficial to you, it would mean absolutely the world if you were to share this episode with a teacher friend or a colleague or, you know, your staff, anybody. Um, I put a lot of work and passion into what I do on this podcast and everywhere else. And I want to be able to reach as many teachers as possible. I want to be able to support as many teachers as possible. That's why I do this work and it really lights me up. So if you could do that, just one person, if you've got one person in mind that that could use a little bit of a pick me up, then please share this with them. And I'd be so grateful. Uh, Okay. Until next time, everybody have a lovely week.